Welcome back to the Snowman Podcast. We're still in Montana, day two, um, and we're very pleased to have Wade West from Yamaha Motor, Motor US with us, and we are going to be talking 2017 Yamahas. Uh, with us again, we have uh, the crew from Snowblower Canada Magazine and Snowbear Television. So we got uh, Brad Harris, we got Hal Armstrong, Mike Van Muen, and Phil Moltel, and myself, Gorda Van. So Wade, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's great to have you. Uh, I mean, you uh, uh, big news. Yamaha released a, a, a hyper snowmobile. A lot of talk about it, and um, that's why you're here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about what you got going on for 2017. Sure. But first, let's let's talk about the highlights for 2016. Um, um, you had some uh, interesting uh, features last year on the on the for Yamaha. Um, Let's talk about the highlights. What went really well for Yamaha snowmobiles? Sure. So for 2016, we, we introduced the uh, Yamaha Chip Control Throttle YCCT on our Vector and our Venture models. And um, it's everybody refers to it as a fly-by-wire, ride-by-wire system. Um, it's a, an engine management package that actually allows a customer to choose three different levels of, of engine performance, sport, touring, or entry. Um, so that a guy could buy one sled and maybe his son or daughter who's just learning could get on that sled, get on a vector and ride it. He can dial it down to entry level and it, it slows down the performance and makes it very easy and predictable for, you know, for a new rider to ride or say a rental operator who has, you know, he just wants to buy one fleet of, of sleds. Now there's three performance levels in that sled uh, so he can kind of judge his, his customers and then understand what they're looking for and how much experience they have and he can set the sled up adequate, you know, appropriately for what their experiences are. So that's been a big hit. Um, it works really well and it's very easy to operate. Um, we're really happy with that. The market seems to have really you know, reached out and, and grasped onto that. Uh, but also with the vectors and also the Apex models, uh, we introduced a new rear suspension, the single shot rear. Um, it's a, an evolutionary step past our, our monoshock rear suspensions. Uh, it's a single shock. Uh, it has a, a float uh, float three XV shock, so it has a, an extra extra volume air canister. Um, and it, it looks a lot like the Flo the Fox float Evols, but the difference between an XV and an Evol is that the XV shock that's in the the rear of the, of the uh, single shot suspension. It's not valved. It's just literally an extra uh, volume of air for tuning capability. Where the Evol is a valved, uh, you know, a damping system. And uh, the QS3s, yeah, had on the uh, the Vipers, they work really nice. Yeah, the market really, really liked the QS3s. They're so easy to use with with three positions: soft, medium, and firm. Uh, a guy can set up a sled. It's really hard to screw that up. They're they're even numbered, so you know where the old, you know the, the old school clickers. You could just turn, 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 and you'd have 17 clicks of compression and 21 clicks of rebound. And there's no indexing. There's no numbers. You have to actually count all the indents as you go. Um, that's gone. Fox made a very simple, consumer-friendly shock, and we're real happy with their performance. Yeah, you had uh, two or three skis last year. Yep, so yeah. we rolled out a, a new Tuner 3 last year. Uh, it moves into 2017 as well. Um, basically, it's 
functionally the same, the, the contact part of the ski on the snow uh, with the two keels and the two carbide runners, uh, that's the same as, as previous tuners. Uh, the primary difference is a little bit of weight. They, they, they work with the balance of the ski, so it's uh, a little more neutral. And then they also gave us an option to, to have a removable ski loop. So now the color and graphics guys can, uh, can customize the skis to more closely match the sled. Okay. All right, so that's uh, 2016. Now I'm, I'm sure the audience is uh, saying, "Oh, get to the get to the 17s, get to the 17s." So get to the good stuff. Get boy. to the good stuff. Everybody's talking about this new sled, the Sidewinder. The Sidewinder. Um, let's. I guess let's start with the motor. Um, get it right out there. Everybody's talking about this motor. Let's let's. Yeah, let's just lay it right out. It's a 998 <laughs> Genesis Triple with a turbo. Uh, it was factory engineered from the get go. To be a turbo engine, it's not a bolt-on kit. It's it's an engine package with turbo on it, um, and the whole goal of the engine, obviously, I mean, aside from being uh, ridiculously fast and strong, is you know to have an engine with with the ultimate throttle response and, and zero turbo lag. And, and I'm happy to report that our engineers have done such a good job reducing and eliminating the turbo lag that our lawyers actually let us say zero turbo lag. Um, and you know how conservative Yamaha is as a company. So we're really excited about the engine. Uh, you guys had a chance to ride it uh, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your thoughts? Oh, it's, it's crazy powerful. <laughs> I think we, uh, we all came to that uh, conclusion. Um, you know, very fast. Um, very impressed, for, for sure. I mean, uh, they definitely made the market their, their target for, uh, for performance, that's for sure. Um, no, where did this, this, this motor was derived from um, your new side by side? Was it always planned to, like, right when it was side by side, okay, we're going to do a side by side motor and, you know, let's try it in a snowmobile too. Let's, let's try to. Um, sure. Um, so, my understanding is this engine's been in development for about four and a half years. Um, it started out as a snow project, uh, they decided to go 998. Uh, that was the size they wanted. The the footprint, if you will, the engine mount footprint of, of this engine block is similar to the 1049. Um, but what what we decided to do with the, the new kind of the new corporate direction is, as an engine company, we've always been very good at building a single purpose engine. If you want a snowmobile engine, you place your engine order with with engineering. They build you an engine to your specification that'll fit everything you need to do. If you need a motorcycle engine, same thing. ATV engine, same thing. Outboard, and on and on and on. But what we're moving towards now is more uh, modularity in our engine development. So we have now this 998 platform that you know the YXZ had you know, rolled out initially last September as a naturally aspirated. Uh, and that was an engine development project that was kind of conceptually the cousin of of our 998 turbo engine for the snowmobile. So the you know the general idea of the engine is the same or similar, but the you know the detail of the engine, the, the cam timing, the rods, the pistons, all the details of how the engine works is very application specific. Yeah. Okay, so to talk about some of the features of of the 998 uh, the intercool- intercooler, the, the the turbo, the uh, the uh, throttle bodies Sure. Yeah. So let, let's uh, start at the beginning. You know, the intake comes in through the through those black shoulders that are uh, up at the top of the of the sled of the cab. Um, 
the engine gets compressed in the turbine and it, it goes through the boost tube into an air-to-air -air intercooler um, turns the corner and goes back up to the intake uh, or into the uh, kind of the manifold we've got a one into three manifold because we have three individual throttle bodies on this engine um, and that's really important that's a one of the, the main ways that our engineering has eliminated turbo lag is that we have three throttle bodies, 41 millimeter throttle bodies, that feed each cylinder individually. So when the engine's running in its naturally aspirated mode, because the turbo is obviously not going to be at full boost all the time, there, there's a portion of the engine's performance where it's just like every other engine um, as the, the turbo is building pressure. So we're feeding the engine in its naturally aspirated state so you get regular engine performance and to the best of our research at this time we're the only engine company we're the only engine in the world that has individual throttle bodies for each cylinder on a turbo powered engine um, so that's a big deal um, so we're at the throttle bodies we're feeding the engine um, it's getting boost we have a new four hole uh, fuel injector nozzle and that allows us to Kind of adjust the, the spray pattern, the, the cone of the, of the fuel air mixture, uh, so we can not only have great combustion in the engine, but we're also cooling the top of the piston. Interestingly, on the under, underside of the piston, we have an oil jet in each cylinder that's spraying cooling oil up to the bottom side of the piston, so that allows us to have a very thin piston material, a very thin piston in general, um, and gives us our durability and our long life. So. Uh, so we have combustion, we exit the exhaust valve, all that hot air goes out into a, a three into one uh, cast steel manifold on the exhaust side, and that's important for durability. Uh, we get crazy heat coming out of a turbocharged engine, and so the way that we, that we found, the best way that we found to make the exhaust uh, meet our durability standards is we went with a cast steel piece. A stamping, it, it just, it fatigues with the the heat cool heat cool cycle um, and it just didn't give us the durability we were looking for so uh, so the exhaust gases hit the the three into one manifold they go into a short exhaust pipe back to the turbine side of the turbo uh, spin the turbine and then exit through the through the muffler so it, it's a very you know in some ways a very conventional turbo system uh, but there are a lot of other things that we've done that, that really enhance the the turbo response and the throttle response that give us no lag. Um, for instance, we have a, an air bypass system. So you know, we have a, a, a air pressure sensor on the in the uh, in the manifold in the intake manifold before the throttle body, and then we have a, a pressure sensor on the other side of the throttle body. So we're, we're you know we're watching to see what you know what the air pressure is. So when you come in hot into a corner, you chop the throttle, you close that throttle body. You're, you're building extra pressure on the in uh, before your your throttle body, and that opens up what we call the the air bypass valve. And what that does is it allows that boost pressure to recirculate through the intake track, keep the turbine spinning. You, you keep your pressure so that when you when you're exiting the corner, you open that throttle back up. You're right back into boost. You don't have to ramp up the turbine. You're not building boost through the whole system. You're already under pressure, um, and that's been a really you know one of the real key features of how we're, we're uh, eliminating turbo lag. Yeah. That's what happened to me today, guys. I was trying to explain that, and that's what happened. 
<laughs> so, my hands came off the bars today. Anyway. <laughs> so that just explained it. That, there you go. That, that's how you stay on, on the boost. Um, one of the other benefits of that air bypass valve is that you don't get all that chatter. There's no squirrel in a cage sound anymore. Uh, it's a very quiet engine. It is very quiet. Yeah. You can hear the, the gentle creak of the chassis as you're, as you're going through stutters. You can hear this, the ski cutting through crusty snow. Um, you know, it's not a loud, obnoxious performance engine. It's very, it's a very refined and subtle engine. Mm-hmm. Brad, um, yeah, there's a there's a, a lot of uh, new and different features that you put into it, such as uh, cooling the piston underneath the, with the oil and the fuel on top. Um, what else is kind of kind of new? Like, there's an an air to air intercooler at, at the front, which is kind of a, a new and different idea. Um, what else can you tell us about the motor? Uh, engine braking too is a is a big thing on this motor, right? So you know we have our, our we call it the idle speed control circuit, and that's a, a small circuit on the throttle body itself um, that allows an amount of air to go through the pass through the throttle body to reduce engine braking. Um, all of our sleds, previous all of our four stroke sleds previously have had some level of that. Um, in this particular, in the 998 Turbo execution, we, we have a lot more of that feature uh, being used. So you actually freewheel. It feels very two-strokey. Uh, when you get off the gas, you can coast into a corner. You carry your speed better. Um, so you know, riders, be, be advised that uh, you know as you're carrying all this 180 horsepower into a corner, if you're used to an Apex or a Vector's engine braking, um, it's not going to be there for you. So you know, I found that I had to, you know, really kind of relearn how to how to drive this engine into the corners by using more brake uh, than maybe I'm used to before. What about the valve train? What's, uh, what's going on the valve train? Um, valve train was was tuned specifically for engine throttle response. Uh, we've got our trusty turbo to take care of ultimate performance. So, you know, we, we worked with with intake and exhaust timing to to make sure that. You know, we have quick throttle response, so we have quick rev, uh, quick ramp up when you when you get back on the gas. Um, so probably, you know, that that would be the third leg of of, of how we got the uh, the no turbo leg. So we've got the air bypass valve, we've got the, uh, the triple throttle bodies, and then we've got the um, the valve timing. Any any other questions for Hal? I guess one of the questions uh, everybody's going to be concerned about is belt life. And I um, understand that the, the, the Sidewinder has some new uh, clutching design specifically for that model. Can you uh, uh, explain to the audience a little bit about the, the new clutching changes, Wade? Sure. So we have, new, we have a new primary, new secondary. We call it the YSRC clutch system. Um, what we found with, with all of this performance is this crazy amount of torque and horsepower that we're producing. Uh, we needed more more squeeze force on the belt. So there's two ways that uh, that you can get more force on onto the belt uh, in the primary. You can either throw gobs of weight into you know into the uh, clutch, or you can expand the diameter of the primary and use uh, use the, the beauty of math and physics to exert more squeeze force. And that's the route we chose to take. Uh, so we actually have a slightly larger diameter on the primary. Um, and that allows us to, to exert more force on the belt so we have, have better squeeze, um, better performance. 
on the back, on the secondary, uh, we have a new roller clutch system. And we're really excited about that. I think you guys probably noticed that today, that we have really smooth and, and predictable upshift and backshift um, in and out of the gas when you hit the, the slushy snow puddles uh, coming down the trail. You know, it, it backshifts quickly and it gets right back onto the power. Um, so between those two, we have, a, you know, we've maintained our, our efficiencies um, and we're still using the, the same belt uh, that we use in the Viper, the 8JP belt. So there's no new belt. There's no, you know, anybody that has parts in their in their trailer, you know, they don't have to reinvest when they get into a sidewinder. Money. Yep. Keeping all that power cool, oil and water. You went through a, you went through the actual engine with us, but if you could relate to the audience, the, the different requirements and different technology you brought into play. Sure. So heat's obviously going to be an issue um, when you're building that much power. Um, you're also building heat, so. Our, our engineering system, uh, engineering team, developed a new cooling system um, that, uh, so we, we eliminated the radiator in the front from the Viper and we replaced that with the air-to-air -air intercooler for the turbo. So we have uh, uh, an extrusion heat exchanger, a more traditional layout um, with an extruded heat exchanger at the back of the tunnel. So that, that's the reason that's to keep it cool. We also have the bulkhead extrusion still. Um, but what, what's new about the, the turbo engine is that we have, uh, it's like a convection system. So you take a, a hot pull across the lake, uh, you stop the sled, you know, you're talking, everybody's talking about how great it was. You power down the sled completely. We're still circulating coolant through the engine. It's a convection system. It sounds a lot like a, a percolating coffee pot, actually. Um, but it's important that we're continuing to remove heat out of the, the bearing of, of the turbo. We actually have a coolant circuit in the turbo housing itself and then obviously through the engine. So, you know, as, as you're parked, that coolant's still moving. You're still bringing in cool liquid into the engine and into the turbo and evacuating hot liquid out to go through the extrusions to continue to cool. So we're not, you know, we're not going to bake bearings in that heat-soaked engine. But that, Speak, hey, oh, sorry. As I speaking speaking of energy and energy transfer, what was the, what was the reaction like when the when the news broke? Uh, there was a lot of positive energy. Um, we were really excited to bring this to market. Uh, it, it felt like the weeks leading up to it just dragged on. Um, you know, we knew we had a winner. We, we knew it was going to be fantastic, and then, you know, we showed it to the market, and, and they were, you know, consumers are stoked. This is exactly what they've been asking for for years. Uh, bring us a factory installed turbo, you know, factory engineered turbo with Yamaha durability, Yamaha reliability, and, and we'll buy it. And I think we're going to be there this year. How much of a challenge was it to get the engine into the, uh, the chassis? Um, you know, there, there's a lot of parts to a, a turbo engine, and obviously packaging is always an issue. Um, balance is an issue, so... You know, Yamaha built the engine, um, and we brought it to, to our partners uh, over at Articat, and they have, obviously have the chassis. And then together, our engineers you know, jointly developed you know, the final packaging. What, what are the, the routes, you know, the routing for the intake lines? What's the final routing for the exhaust lines uh, to make sure it was balanced and, and met our performance targets and our durability targets? Is there much of a difference in uh, in chassis structure compared to say the Viper and the Sidewinder? 
Um, no, they're to the best of my knowledge, those are you know they're, they're the same chassis. Um, the you know the, the structure of, of that chassis hasn't changed. The engine mount positions are are the same. Uh, Ten forty nine to nine ninety eight turbo. So you know that part of it hasn't changed. Right. Uh, yeah, so just to, to be clear, I know probably a lot of Yamaha Yamaha owners and, and, you know, looking at buying the sub would like to know, early on in the development of this engine, it was clear that it was going in this chassis. So it, it, it was, early on, it was, the intent was to be in this chassis. It's not a retrofit. It wasn't, you know, kind Correct. of like slapped in there last minute. It was, this was the intent quite early on in the process to, to Correct. go this route. Yeah. Correct. Like I said, this is a four and a half year... Uh, engine development project so when this engine was being developed um, we, we knew that we were we were going to have our agreement with, with Articat we knew what the chassis was they were interested in it as well so yeah we, we all agreed these would be the mounting points this would be how the engine is you know, generally packaged and then obviously as the engine came to fruition they needed to, de- to develop the final packaging um, okay so here, here's, here's a question you may be able to answer but um your partner, like, did their eyebrows raise when they heard about this potential engine coming their way? And uh, and um, were, were the, do you think their customers were asking for something like this too, like like um, a, 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 a ultra high performance four stroke? Um, they still had a pretty good two stroke, um, but was was there was where were they like yippee? You know, this this sounds pretty exciting. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't get to sit in on those meetings, um, but they're snowmobilers, like we're snowmobilers, and they're engine junkies, like we're engine junkies, and I know that we were excited when uh, you know when this project was green lighted and and laid out before us, and I can only imagine that that they were similarly excited. I mean, it's a great package. It, you know, the performance is so fantastic, and the you know the durability and the reliability is is you know top-notch yamaha quality i mean right down to engine management the ecu all the electronics you know this this was all the entire engine package was engineered by you know by yamaha in japan to be this engine for this application and i why wouldn't you be excited for that mm-hmm. for sure go ahead phil you're dealing with uh Different, different, you know, different divisions within different companies working on a project for so long. What email can set things flying? So how hard is it to keep this under wrap until the until there's a you know, everybody can know kind of a you know a launch both corporately and then you know publicly. Um, you know we're all professionals in in snowmobiling and and you know any really any consumer product development. Um, you know, we all have our embargo dates. We all, everybody understands what the launch means and what confidentiality means. Um, you know, internally, different groups work on different aspects of the launch. Obviously, the engineers develop the product, marketing and sales develop our plans uh, to come to market. And really, that's no different just because we're working, you know, in a supply agreement with, with another company. You know, we're all we all have that same culture, that same mindset that you know nobody nobody can know about the project until it's ready to launch. So I, I think I think that was you know of all of the challenges that, that's probably one of the easiest because we all already get it. We already live live in an embargoed world. Mike, 
over the years, SRX has always been the top racing fast Yamaha sled. Now you've moved it to the 120. How did you come up with Sidewinder for this new sleds, high performance lake racer? Sure. Uh, we we had a four by five foot white grease board that was full. Um, in that meeting, everybody just I, we spitballed names, all of our old vintage names, any you know, you know all of the, the the hallmark names: SRX, VMAX, um, Exciter. Uh, every name that that we've ever had for a you know for a snowmobile we put up we talked about you know we, we have the viper and we've had venom and we've had viper before and so somebody googled snakes and we listed all the snake names and we you know it was just it was a group meeting and it was a long and, and you know somewhat brutal meeting um as all you know opinion meetings would be um but eventually we, we narrowed the list and we said, you know, let's let's go a new direction. Let's follow the snake theme. And then we just started working through the names and the options. And, you know, by by trial and error, by negotiation, by um, bludgeoning each other, uh, we eventually came to Sidewinder. And Cobra was already used. And Cobra was already used. <laughs> so it's amazing uh, how quickly your, 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 your brainstorm list can be... Uh, Reduced by uh, trademark search. Mm-hmm. All right. Do I get into the packages? Um, what uh, what what kind of packages have you got with the Sidewinder? Uh, we have options for nearly everybody with a Sidewinder engine. We range from the 129 uh, RTX models to LTX 137s. We've got XTXs at 141. We've got a new BTX model that's a 156. And then we have a mountain model that's a 162. Um, each of them has kind of their own personality. We can kind of work our way through it, and I can tell you a little bit about you know, what, what's the component sets and what's the target markets. Uh, I'm sure you guys have detailed questions and positioning questions, and I'm, I'm all yours. Okay, well, we, uh, we just had an opportunity. We were on the uh, 140, uh, 146 today. 141. Right? 141. 141. Yep, um, yep, so we were just on the XDX today. Um, but let's start with the uh, the, the uh, one twenty nine. Sure. Uh, that's the uh, shop packages and uh, and features of that. Okay. So we have uh, we have two versions of, of RTX, um, and at Yamaha RTX means one hundred twenty nine inch track. That's uh, the shortest track option that we offer in a Sidewinder. Um, it's very agile. It's, it's kind of our you know our ditch banger rough trail kind of mentality. Um, so it's a 129-inch ripsaw two-track. So you've got good acceleration traction, good deceleration traction, but you also have a fair amount of uh, of side slip. So when you're rallying around a corner at uh, at, at warp speed, um, you know you're not you're not binding up the the chassis of the sled uh, with a lot of side bite. You can actually break that break that back end loose and release some of that energy, so you don't pop the ski. Uh, it's very predictable and very very easy to manage. Um, in the SE package, we have a new, uh, it's called a Fox Zero, um, what is it? it's a Fox Zero RC shock, so it's got a single uh, clicker knob adjustment that, that manages uh, some rebound and some compression damping. Uh, it's a new shock, and we'll have a lot of information coming out uh, through Fox in the fall, I believe they're going to 
you make a big push. Yeah, that's a brand new shock. Yeah, this year, um, you you, well, you you got a new shock this year. Uh, I guess the, the the QS3 with the new coating. How, now, how do you how do you pronounce that? Uh, it's a Kashima coat. Kashima coating. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so for spring only, we have an L, an RTX LE package, and like you said, that's a QS3 Fox QS3 uh, R actually has a rebound damping as well. But the QS3 has three levels of compression damping, um, just like last year's QS3. The difference is, uh, for spring only, we have the the gold Kashima coat. So we have some some. You know, extra anti-friction coating to go as well. No anti-friction from in, inside your, your like the the distinction tubes is what you're you're talking right. about. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the enemy of any shock absorber is friction. So, you know, you want a nice smooth motion. So as much surface friction that you can eliminate uh, from the components, you know, just rubbing on each other, the, the better off you are. Yeah, because tighter tighter tolerances in, in those shocks now you have to. I guess that eliminate the friction from those tighter tighter tolerances. Right. Yeah. You know. Obviously, we want to you know reduce and, and or eliminate any kind of snow ingestion, moisture ingestion, uh, any kind of dirt or debris uh, that degrades a shock. You know, right now. So yeah, the tighter tolerances. The tighter it is, the longer lifespan you're gonna get. You're gonna get. Okay. Want to continue through the through the lineup there? Your your model. Sure. Um, so moving up the uh, up the track length and sidewinder, we have the LTX models. Uh, we have an LE option, an SE option, and a DX option. Um, so the LTXs are 137 inch. Um, all of our models run uh, run Ripsaw T tracks. Um, we have a the 137 rear suspension is coupled, so your, your center shock and your rear shock are going to work together. Um, the LE is a spring only, and like the RTX LE. Um, you know, we have the, the Fox QS3 Kashima coat shocks. Um, I forgot to mention on the RTX LE, both of the Sidewinder LE models, um, RTX L LTX use a race, race rear suspension. So it's competition grade, uh, reinforced rails and arms, uh, for the guy that's really aggressive. So it's pretty crazy. Um, our deluxe packages, our DXs. Um, they all have a, a slightly taller windshield. You have heated seats. Um, it's kind of the, the, you know, the comfort package, the, the comfort calibrated suspension. So HPG shocks with coil springs. That it's just really a comfortable sled to ride. Um, and that's more probably aimed more at the high mileage guy who really wants to click those miles off in a hurry. Um, moving up in the, uh, in the, the track length, we have our XTX family, and XTX in Yamaha is a crossover segment. So we have actually a couple different options in crossover this year. Uh, we have our, our very traditional uh, Sidewinder XTX SE uh, and LE, which are 141s. Uh, they're uncoupled rear suspension. The SE runs a 1.6 Cobra track. The LE runs a 2.25 uh, Power Claw track, I believe. Um, and then we also have a new option. We have a, an XTX 137 LE, which is also a spring only, but that runs our coupled 137 skid uh, with a 1.75 backcountry track. Um, and that's going to be an amazing, amazing sled. Um, you've got all that horsepower, and you've got a, a 137 track with, with uh, inch and three-quarter lug, uh, so you have great acceleration and deceleration traction. Um, 
it runs the Fox QS3 shocks in the front, just the standard ones, so you still have three, three clicks of adjustment there. Um, that's going to be a great sled. Uh, probably the, you know, would be one of those unsung hero sleds that, that maybe the first year a handful of people will understand and buy, and then the second year it's just going to mushroom because people will, will love that sled. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a new segment in crossover this year. Um, so, we, you know, we, we last year we brought in 2016 we brought eight mountain sleds, different mountain options to market. Um, we did some market analysis. We took a look um, at how sales were going and, and who's buying it and how they like it and dealer interviews and customer interviews. And what we found is that 60% of our mountain sleds were sold from you know, Minnesota eastward. So Midwest, the center of the, of the continent, North America, all the way to the east coast. Um, that's where 60% of our mountain sleds were sold. And, so they weren't necessarily being used for mountains. No, um, I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar with with Wisconsin, but there's actually no mountains in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, but in fact, there's barely hills. Maybe yeah. a little bit in the north. Um, so, you know, we dug in. We we asked these customers, "Why are you buying a mountain sled? There's no mountains." And it turns out, what, what they wanted was the long track. They wanted that flotation. Um, they go up to the UP, they, they ride northern Ontario, they ride in Quebec, they ride in Maine, um, it, you know, upstate New York, all these places that, that get piles and scads of snow. Um, they ride on the trail and then they go knock around in the backcountry, in the backwoods. Uh, and we said, you know, okay, that, that's great, but you know, you, you're, you're buying a sled that has a 36-inch front end with no sway bar. And you're buying a sled that comes from the factory, calibrated at six to eight thousand feet. You know why? You know, and that's just how passionate and how dedicated they are to their, you know, their, their backcountry riding and, and deep snow, and they need the flotation, and they, that's what they want. So we said, okay, well, we can help you out here because you know, you're buying a mountain sled now. You're putting another five, six, seven hundred dollars into clutch and gear calibration just to be able to ride it down low we'll, we'll help you out we're, we're going to sell a deep snow sled that's calibrated for low altitude so the BTX family was born uh, and what a BTX is in Yamaha is it's a 153 inch track with a deep lug um, it has our, our 40 inch wide ski stance front suspension with a sway bar so now you know, the guy has all the flotation that he wanted from a mountain sled but it's calibrated at low altitude, so you can ride it right out of the dealership. And it has a, a suspension setup that, that's going to be a lot more trail friendly. It'll be you know, more stable in the bumps and in the, you know, the bombed out trails on, on Sunday afternoon. Because um, the reality is, you know, where a mountain guy, he can pull up to a parking lot, pull a sled out of the trailer, and in two minutes he's in fresh snow and he's, he's having a great time. Um, you know, a BTX guy, somebody in the, the in the center of the country, center of the continent, to the east, you know, he's got to ride 30, 40 miles on, on bombed out trails before he can get to his backcountry experience and, and you know, the places where he can go go knock around in fresh snow. So you know, we're really excited about that. It, it, it's, you know, described as a 100% trail sled and a 100% off-trail sled. And the shop packages on that BTX? Um, 
So we have a, a BTX LE Sidewinder uh, that'll run uh, Fox Float Evals, and then our uh, our full season Sidewinder BTX SE is going to run uh, Fox Float Threes. Okay. So okay, you're in the, uh, what's uh, what's above the, the BTX now for uh, even deeper snow, even deeper snow, steeper hills, steeper hills, uh, <laughs> steeper hills than Minnesota has. Uh, we have a, a Sidewinder MTX 162 SE. Uh, we're really excited about this. Um, you know, we're, we're taking all of that torque and all of that horsepower. We're putting a 162-inch track behind it with three-inch lugs. Um, we've got our new mountain ski. It's 180 millimeters wide. Uh, it's got great flotation, and it just chugs through powder. I mean, it it moves, and uh, you know you can you can wheelie up up a hill at any speed. Uh, it's it's a crazy mountain machine that's really well balanced, and you can still ride it through the woods. It's very it's a very gentle uh, engagement and low RPM performance. So you know, we understand that part of the mountain segment blasts up crazy shoots, and the other part of the seg- mountain segment likes to pick their way through trees and, and rough terrain and tight corners and uh, you know, really push their, their riding skills and their abilities. And this sled does both really well. So does that complete your Sidewinder? That completes the Sidewinder segment. Okay, so where, where do you see... The, the 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 largest segment of the sidewinder market. Um, I think that our our, our biggest volume is going to be at the one thirty seven length, mm-hmm. uh, the LTXs and that XTX one thirty seven LE. Um, for me personally, I I think that's a you know just the ideal footprint for the sled. It really harnesses the power. Uh, has great cornering, great you know aggressive trail riding capabilities. Um, it really does everything well. Okay, more questions, guys, on the whole sled. What do we got, Brad? Uh, the XTX is kind of kind of an odd. Uh, it seems like the the odd man out between the uh, the one thirty. Well, you got your XTX one forty one, one thirty seven, and I, I fully agree that one thirty seven is going to be a great package. Um, but then you got the one forty one. With the uncoupled and the the Cobra track with slightly smaller lugs, which we were on today, um, that actually offers amazing um, uh, weight transfer and acceleration. Um, who's going to buy that? Is that more of a, I'll say, a Northern Ontario, Northern Quebec, or a UP machine where they may venture off trail a little more often, but still has to be trail friendly? Right. So that that, that is probably a, you know hedges slightly more towards. Uh on trail than off trail, um, you know. Traditionally, that that one forty one XTX has been a really strong seller for us. Uh, Viper Nitro before it, um, that was our you know, that was our big seller. Um, so it, it it has great trail manners. It you know it, it can perform on hard pack and it also does really well off trail. But I, I think you're right. I think that's probably the you know the seventy five twenty five guy um, trail to an off trail with the options we have available now um, you know, with the BTX really kind of taking over that you know, 50-50 on trail off trail guy or even more off trail how come not a larger track um, we're seeing them as much as 175s now your um, no desire to uh, have a, like a much larger track 173, 175 somewhere in that range 
you know, 162, we've done a lot of research. We've, you know, obviously we, we watch the market. We watch emerging trends. Um, you know, the, the segment to buyer for that 174 length is is pretty small. And to start with Sidewinder, we, you know, we really wanted to hit that, the meat of the market and deliver the, you know, to the broadest appeal, uh, which we feel is 162. Bill? Mike, how? Okay, how's that question there? All right, yeah, we've got one. Um, warranty. Um, Any special warranty, extended warranty, or anything on the? Sure, for uh, for Spring Power Search, our uh, our Spring Retail Program. Um, if you put a deposit down at your Yamaha dealer, you'll get a free three-year warranty. Uh, in the states, I believe Canada followed suit. I'd have to uh, check my note on that, but I believe that we're we're same same. Um, otherwise, in season, it, it carries a one-year you know, standard manufacturer's warranty. All right, we, are we done with the sidewinder? Are we go to the, the the rest of the lineup. Okay, um, the other new model we have, it may fly under the radar, but it's a popular sled. Is the VK? Sure. It's uh, the legend is back. Yeah, the VK's back. Uh, Five forty. <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, I will say that uh, I was I was a little surprised to find out we were bringing a two-stroke engine back to the market, uh, but you know it's not for everybody. But for the guys who buy a VK Five Forty, this is a this is a big deal. Um, you know, we have a very reliable uh, reputation in the you know the extreme north and those you know harsh Arctic conditions. Um, where Yamaha two-stroke is is the ultimate of reliability. Um, we had strong market demand to bring that back. Um, you know, believe it or not, there's actually a place on this planet where a four-stroke it's just too cold for for four-stroke to start. Um, where a two-stroke, you, know, you can pull rope, you can use starter fluid. It's a lot easier to get going. And when you depend on your snowmobile, you need to know that you can get it started no matter what. So. You know, our, our engineering department went back to work. They uh, they worked on developing, you know, evolving this engine to be EPA compliant. Uh, we put flat slide carburetors on it, um, and the the carburetor housing that we used still had the um, you know we used to back in the day we used to use um, the coolant to to heat the uh, heat the carbs heat the throttle bodies to prevent icing and keep performance consistent. Well, obviously, in a fan cool engine, you don't have any coolant anymore. So we actually developed little heater coils that we plug into those circuits, so that we're still heating the throttle body uh, for that anti-icing, for that consistent performance. Uh, they're just little electrical coils. So to power that, uh, we had to have a bigger stator. And we had a bigger stator, and we could do other things um, like LED lighting. We can uh, have a stronger ECU system. So kind of one. One piece of the puzzle fed the next until we have, you know, really the new five forty cc fanner. I, I was actually a big fan of the original uh, VK five forty uh, moving ice huts in northern Ontario with guys, and there's some advantages to it. One was uh, going down to Glare Lake; they would stay cool. You don't you don't have to worry about a, a snow dust to keep a fan cooled engine clear. So if they were moving huts around, there wasn't you know any no snow at all. If it was completely glare ice. The engine's never overheated, so there were some advantages to that engine. I know there'll be people glad to know that that that, that that's, it's back. Yeah, um, but you did close in the cow the cowling now for less snow ingestion. We did. <laughs> um, so this 
the sled project, the the revival, um, it was really spearheaded by our uh, by our, our colleagues at Yamaha Russia, um, where, where this is a you know vitally important model, and so the engine development that was managed primarily in Japan, but the the reimagining, the redevelopment of the VK540, the the chassis and the hood and and everything about it, uh, really came from from our colleagues in, in Russia, and in that market. You know there are no trails. It's a, it's a true GPS rally ride. I'm here. I need to go there. This is the most direct way, and you just go for it. So, you know, it's over snow. It's deep snow. It's it's rugged terrain. Um, so they spent a lot of time working on sealing off the engine bay, and working on on wind wind tunnel models to deflect snow and and you know, cold air away from the rider and up and around the chassis. Um, because it's wicked cold out there, mm-hmm. and there's snow everywhere. So, you know, obviously we don't want to get snow in the engine cab. You don't want to, you can't get snow on your belt or in your clutches, or you're in trouble. Um, and you can't build up snow and ice inside the engine as well, or you, you, know, you really inhibit performance that way. So, they spent a lot of time working on that. We use TSS suspension for snow mobility, so you're. You're up on top. There's not very much uh, drag in, in the deep snow. Uh, it's got a ginormous steel bumper uh, to help you with, with obstacles. Uh, maybe they're just under the surface of the snow. It really is a rugged, good package. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's cover that. Let's uh, Vipers. Let's uh, let's get into the Vipers. Sure. Vipers are back for 2017. Um, you know we're where our sidewinders are really kind of an 800 performance class sled. Um, you know, we look at our SR Vipers as a 600 performance class sled. And so we have options, you know, similar lineup to the uh, sidewinders. We, we have similar options in, in Viper as well. So we have, um, you know, we have an RTX LE. We have our, our LTX family, the 137s, um, LE, SE, and, and DX uh, in similar trim packages. Um, the DX is the deluxe with the heated seat, the tall windshield, the big bag. Uh, the SE is kind of our in-season sport model, and that'll run that that new Fox Zero uh, RC uh, single clicker shock. And then the LEs are, are spring only, and those will run the uh, the, the Fox QS3R Kashima coated shocks. It's a real mouthful. Um, <laughs> So we'll have uh, XTX SE 141 that runs the 1.6 Cobra track that we were talking about before. Uh, we have a BTX LE. It'll be a spring only for Viper, uh, that 153 crossover. Uh, that'll have a, a 1.75 backcountry lug on that particular version. And then we'll have um, we have two mountain models in Viper, a 153 and a 162 SE. And both of those will run a three-inch track this year as standard. Last year, that was a spring-only option. Um, and then we also have our STX models, um, which are kind of the saddlebag adventure riding sleds. Uh, we have an STX-137 that will have the, the kind of the, the semi-rigid uh, side bags. And then we have our STX-146 that actually has that hardtop trunk with the auxiliary fuel tank in the back. And, uh, new this year, you got um, new track shocks, uh, new packages of track shocks. You got uh, uh, some uh, QS3s in the rear. Um, yeah, in the in the LE models uh, for the RTX and the LTX, we have those uh, gold coated Kashima um, uh, QS3R 
uh, shocks. Actually, I believe they're just QS3s. So you have uh, three compression adjustments um, in the center shock and also the rear shock. Again, much easier for everybody to adjust. It is. It's so nice to just have three options that actually make a difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can dial yourself into your uh, into your own insanity with, with too many clicks and not any indexing, and you have to go snowmobiling with a notebook to keep track of what you've done. Yeah. This this new system is, is way easy. Okay, questions, guys, with Viper. Oh, you got a question there? Uh, well, the only one I know, the, the, the newest model, like you said, it's the BTX, right? Right. And that's just a spring order. Um, as a Viper, it's a it's a spring order. Spring yes. order. Yep, okay. just an LE. Cool. Yeah, no, we had the Viper out uh, yesterday with the uh, with the switch. I think the was the, was the DX we had. STX. Uh, STX. Okay, so and it had the Fox uh, Zero C C three C three coil shock with the rebound. Oh, sorry, yes, the the LTX did yeah with the, the rebound adjustment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The and LTX. The two three skis. Yes. Yep. Two and three ski is not new this year. It's a correct from last year. Correct. Yeah, yep. but the ones that we ran, yeah. So it's a big, it's a big improvement in the handling, mm -hmm. definitely. That that ski, very narrow ski. It is a narrow ski. Um, and one of the things we really like about about that uh, tuner tuner ski package, um, obviously any ski can be tuned with with different carbides, yeah. um, but by having two keels and two two runners on each ski. Um, you know, a customer can really fine tune that that, that handling level and, and you know the aggressiveness of the bite, um, which you know also brings with it you know heavier steering. If the guy doesn't want that heavy, you know, wants less steering effort, he can put a smaller set of carbides on um, and still have some good bite. Phil, you good? All right, what, uh, so Apex and, and, and Vector, um, basically unchanged and uh, Apex they're, they're and still plugging away? They're, they're, they're back in the lineup. Um, you know, we have 43 unique models, 55 when you look at color options, and 22 of those are, are still made in Japan. 33 are made domestically in the States, um, but the, the Japanese-built models are still a market for it. You know, we know that there's a, you know, there's a hard kernel of just diehard Yamaha enthusiasts that, you know, they, they want that made in Japan sled. Um, we know that there's a market for, you know, snowmobilers who just like that traditional classic ergonomic package. Not everybody wants to ride on top of the gas tank and, and half stand for an entire day. They're, they're snowmobilers who just want to sit down and go for a ride. And for those guys, we offer vectors and apexes and, uh, in fact, I took a, a Vector XTX 1.75 LE for a ride today. Um, I, I love that sled. I love the chassis. I love the engine. Everything about it just works. You can just get out and rally the trails. And even that that end of the day, there's been renters everywhere, stutter, chop. Um, you know, that single-shot rear suspension just soaks that up, and you just, just go. Okay, um... What are the chances of getting a retail price off you from uh, for uh, Sidewinder? Have you established a price uh, uh, U.S. or Canada? You know, we're I'm sure uh, that's a, that's on everybody's mind. Absolutely, we're two days past launch, uh, so pricing is out there. I will tell you in all honesty, I haven't I haven't committed that to memory yet. It's all new. I've got yeah, um, for sure. 
They're on the Canadian website. Yeah, so... The price is on the Canadian website? Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Awesome. Yep, so, so yamaha-motor.ca, yamaha-snowmobiles.com. Uh, you can get your pricing in the U.S. or Canada. Um, I know that it's not a, you know, it's not the lowest price sled on the market. Um, but it's going to be the fastest. But it's also the fastest. It's also <laughs> probably the highest tech snowmobile engine um, Probably ever. There's a lot of technology in there. There's a lot of engineering time and creativity and manpower. It's a great package. How about parts and accessories? Uh, you got uh, anything new coming in parts and accessories this year? Anything uh, really interesting? Sure. The uh, you know the parts and accessories teams they're they're scrambling to you know to bring the you know the the, the standard. There's a standard set of accessories that come to market. Uh, anytime we bring a new sled with a new you know new plastic, new sculpting, so we'll have covers, we'll have windshields, we'll have uh, hand guards, we'll have you know, all of, the, all of the, the usual suspects, we'll have bumper options as well, um, and maybe a few surprises come fall. Yeah, surprises, good, lots of. Got to keep everybody engaged till heydays. If yeah. you show everything now, what fun would that be? That's for sure. It'll be here in no time. All right, <laughs> all right there's still some snow out there, we should just enjoy this for what it is. Yeah, that's a... Uh... Let's get through this winter and then uh, look forward to next winter. Absolutely. All right, Wade West, um, thank you very much for uh, all this uh, information. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of questions uh, being asked, uh, you know, just launching this week and um, a lot of excitement. And um, I, think, uh, I think you got a fa- fabulous product uh, cool. this year on that Sidewinder. It's, uh, it's very interesting. <laughs> it is. It's, uh, it's a great sled. And uh, thanks for having me out. I appreciate it. It was it's good to see you guys again. Yeah, well, thank and, you. And we have to say you're absolutely right. Everybody who gets off it is smiling. Yeah, there's there's no sad sidewinder riders. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so. Yeah, I think the first time you pull the trigger on it, it's kind of a oh shoot kind yeah. of uh, kind of uh, opinion. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, it's really reminiscent to those uh, you know kind of the late '90s muscle sled in its, in its acceleration. But you know, one of the things. In riding it, that that I found um, is you really come to to appreciate the fact that the Sidewinder started out as a trail sled. That chassis was a trail sled chassis, so it it corners, it handles bumps, it's comfortable. Um, you know, it does everything that you'd expect a you know any trail sled to do. And then we added a muscle sled engine to it, and so now it's a really really fast trail sled. Um, where you know the old school, you know muscle sleds, the V Maxes, the Moxies, the T Cats and ZRTs, the Storm. They were you know they're really good in their day at going straight, um, but sometimes when you had to go left and right or or through rough trail, maybe it wasn't the best choice of all. Um, you know the Sidewinder. It really is a, the total package. Okay, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to, and we'll leave it out if we if you, if you want. Uh, what's what's the reaction to building a very fast snowmobile like this? Is there any negative? Um, like it's obviously extremely fast snowmobile. Is there any pushback from the from Yamaha to, uh, to like why do you need something that fast? <laughs> but you do build big fast super bikes too so <laughs> why do you need any snowmobile um, we build snowmobiles because snowmobiling is fun um, going fast is fun 
going through the woods is fun. Hanging out with your friends and family uh, on, on a ride is fun. Um, this just offers another you know, another option and another level of fun uh, with the performance level. So, you know, was there pushback? No. We're, we're, you know, we're proud of our performance. We're proud of our engine heritage. Uh, we're proud of our snowmobile heritage. And, and this is just another great product in a long and, and storied history of, of Yamaha snowmobiles. Well, fantastic. Any other questions, guys? We can close it up. Thanks a lot, Wade. I really appreciate it. That's a ton of information. I think everybody's going to you know, finally be able to make their decision. I hope so. And and, uh, I know what I want. Yeah? That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Greg.